Those fingers in my hair That sly come hither stare That strips my conscience bare It's witchcraft And I've got no defense for it The heat is too intense for it What good would common sense for it do? Back for another episode of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I am your host, Dan Rhino. I'm your host, Jessica Rhino. You you didn't say Hufflepuff host. It, no, I like to mix it up. I like to mix it up a little confusing bit. Confusing me. Keep the, keep the listeners guessing. So thanks, Keeping everybody, for joining us on our trip through Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. We finished Chapter 16 last time, which was the actual title, The Chamber of Secrets. And this time, we are in for a long Chapter 17. <laughs> I thought you said the last one was long. They're all long. How come they... Somebody made the a book's joke, not that long. Somebody made a joke about the Da Vinci Code. It's got short chapters, so you feel like really smart when you read it. Uh-huh. I, I guess because you like can knock out a whole bunch of ten chapters. chapters and yeah, it's nice. It's nice to be able to to do that. It feels smart. Smart. The Hulk Hogan biography was like that too. <laughs> you, if you see the uh, the uh, level of uh, of literacy that goes on in this house, uh, you have currently have the three Bs. Yes, that are uh, required for podcasting. Would you explain what the three B's are? I have my beverage, uh-huh. which is in a Ravenclaw Ravenclaw cup. Uh-huh. What are you and drinking? No, you have a little Hufflepuff cup. Over I do there. have a. I have a. It's called a Huffle cup. Huffle cup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pink lemonade mm. today. Usually it's a root beer, but today it's pink lemonade. I have my other, my second B, my book, mm-hmm. my Ravenclaw edition of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. And I have my blankie on my lap. And what is uh, on your um, blanket there? It's not Ravenclaw. It's not, but um, it is literacy based. Yes, it is a, a blanket that was given to me for Christmas, and it is uh, from the Game of, Th- oh, okay, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Throne of Glass. Right. Series. By Sarah J. Moss. Sarah J. Moss. Yes. Sorry, I got distracted. There's something on my blankie. Um, and uh, it's dirty. that was from. Our friend Bridget? Yes. Okay. I don't know if Bridget listens. We gotta give Bridget a shout out. And then before we forget, gotta give Jennifer a shout out in oh, California. Yes. Jennifer has the same blanket, so she knows exactly what I'm talking about. And we have to give Kelly a shout out in Manhattan. Yes. Before Hi, we Kelly. forget. So let's talk about what happened in chapter 16. I'll recap that and then Jess will guide us through chapter 17. Chapter 16, we finally find and enter the Chamber of Secrets. And through some deduction, we find out that the chamber is in the place that we have been quite a bit in this book. <laughs> it's right under our there. noses. If it was a snake, it would have bit us. Oh, I see what you did, see there. What I did there. We find that the chapter is in Moni Myrtle's bathroom. And turns out Myrtle was that student that was killed 50 years ago by the basilisk. So who knew? Who knew? Uh, Jenny Weasley. I knew. Because well, I've read the book before. But go ahead. Uh, Jenny Weasley learned something that she wasn't supposed to because she's kidnapped and presumed dead. 
On a bright note, though, the mandrakes are ready for slaughter and stewing. <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah. All, all good things, right? And on another bright note, we have the best monster fighting wizard on the planet on staff at Hogwarts, Mr. Gilderoy Lockhart. He of the Adventures of Gilderoy Lockhart book series. I love books. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'd like those books. I don't but... know. There's a lot of cool stuff happened to in those. Yeah. Not necessarily to him. No. Nope. But he sure took credit for them. So the Mandrakes are ready, like I said. However, because of this latest event, all the students are being sent home. So school can go on with students being petrified and at the throes of death. However, when a student gets kidnapped, we got to shut her down. Well, kidnapped and presumed dead. Uh-huh. Said her bones will lie in the chamber forever. So we figure she's dead. And that's what happened last time. Girl died. Got to shut things down. Yeah, we probably should have shut school down before when all these other kids... Oh, there's no need to be hasty. There was a perfectly good cure for them. It just took, like, six months. And murder. And, well... And the murder of, of living plants. <laughs> yeah, they're plants. They're plants. Uh, Gilderoy Lockhart is trying to hit the bricks and bounce out of there, isn't he? Yep, he's packed and ready to go. Because he is definitely... We find out last chapter, he's definitely not who he says he is. And he uh, is really good, though, at these memory hexes. Men in Black flashy thing. Memory erasers. I think he stole that from the Men in Black. He just stole their flashy did. thing he stole, he and stole keeps it in his pocket. He stole everything else. So Harry and Ron are able to uh, overpower Lockhart because he's not a very good wizard. And force Lockhart into the chamber with them. Yep. And Gilderoy manages to steal Ron's Spellotape wand and tries to memory hex the boys and ends up uh, blowing himself up. <laughs> he didn't <laughs> blow himself up. Not into pieces, but yeah. I kind of imagine like the Elmer Fudd, like uh, when the gun backfires on him. And he's, the face scalp yeah, he's black got, like, and the, soot like, covered. The, yeah, the black soot all over his face. Nice. And he probably has a concussion and doesn't, doesn't remember what's going on. But when that happens, Ron is trapped in the rubble on one side with Gilderoy and getting a few little kicks in for good measure. And Harry moves forward deeper into the chamber, kind of hearkening back to the first book when he did the same thing in search of the Philosopher's Stone. This time he's in search of Jenny. And probably going to run into a basilisk at some point. Yeah, but he's ready for that. He's ready to scrunch his eyes closed mm-hmm. at the first sign of, of anything. Yep, I'm just going to close my eyes and swing wildly. <laughs> he still got his wand. So, yeah, that's you know, how I fight. Just boom. Anyway. Uh, so what's going on at the beginning of chapter 17? The Heir of Slytherin, the name of this chapter. So now we are officially inside the Chamber of Secrets. He talked to the door. He made it open. We're inside. And we find Jenny. And what is her state that she's in? She's not dead, but she's not petrified either. He he says she's alive, but only just. And and who said that? Tom Riddle is standing there with what? her. So Tom Riddle is like the Force Ghost in <laughs> Star Wars, right? <laughs> 
I didn't think of that, but that's yes. That's the first thing I thought of. Harry said he's kind of glowing and yeah, he's fuzzy. Like, he's got like a, like a little like fuzzy glitch around him. <laughs> he's like when a, when a Jedi dies in Star Wars and they come back as a Force ghost. That's exactly what he is. Exactly what he is. And he says he's a memory. He's a memory from the diary. Huh. We get <laughs> so much explanation here. Yeah. Like, so many things. It's things like, you didn't even know you still needed to know. It's like the James she Bond explained, villain. Diatribe. He explains it all. Yes. So, Jenny's not dead, but she is dying. Tom's, like, siphoning off her life as we speak. But at, at this point, Harry still thinks Tom is a, a good guy. Oh, at yes. At this point. That's yeah. kind of frustrating. And... He's basically telling Harry's basically telling Tom that Tom, I need your help. We got to get Jenny out of here. There's a basilisk coming, and there's yeah, we gotta go. The heir of Slytherin could be here. I need your help. You're a good person. I've confided in you before. Well, he's a Jedi ghost. He is a Jedi ghost. Obviously, he's a good person. Um, I yeah, I was a little annoyed by that, by how long it took. And then Harry Tom even picks on. up picks up Harry's wand. Harry's like, "Oh, where's my wand? Oh, thank you, Tom. You picked up my wand." And Tom's Tom's just like twirling it around. Hmm, like, I'm so glad I got to speak with you, Harry Potter. We don't have time to talk now. We can talk later. Yeah, later. Any other time. We gotta go. And he won't give Harry his wand. And I was also a little. I felt bad for Harry because. He can't pick up Jenny by himself. Yeah. I mean, I understand that she's a first year and he's only a second year. But, you know, Harry, if you're going to, like, save the world, maybe he needs to exercise a little bit. So, well, he's 12 at this point, right? Second years or 12. You're you're 11 in your first year. Is that right? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. How many 12-year-olds, you know, can just, like, deadlift an 11-year-old? I know. But I just... (laughs) he it, It was, like so much talk about how much he was struggling to like lift part of her and <laughs> I mean and, and Harry is not even like, like the most athletic 12 year old no. I mean he does play Quidditch but, but he doesn't really like he kind of just broom does most of the work doesn't it yeah yeah <laughs> she's contorted under your chair right now who is she the, Robin use your the pronouns puppy. please sorry the puppy Robin. You, uh, they could, it could very well be Jenny is. Jenny is contorted, contorted under your chair. And you said she. <laughs> um, no, Jenny's still unconscious. Okay. And Harry can't pick her up. Harry can't pick He's her struggling. up. He's struggling. He needs Tom. He needs the force ghost. I, I, can't you do like some like like force ghosty levitation here? I don't think they do that. And I don't think they can pick people up. Uh, force Why go- does he even think that he can help pick he him up? He probably saw Star Wars. And Star Wars, they lifted like ships and stuff using the force. And if Tom is a Force ghost, then he should be able to... Can the Force ghost lift things, though? I, you don't know how the Force works. What was your job when you were based here? Sanitation. Sanitation? Then how do you know how to disable the shields? I don't. I'm just here to get Ray. People are coming on us. The galaxy is coming on us. Solo, we'll figure it out. We'll use the Force. That's not how the Force works. All right, so Harry is starting to kind of figure out there's something... Fishy going on. ...wrong with Tom because he's acting super evil. (laughs) Super creepy. His eyes are, like, hungry and won't leave (laughs) Harry's face. 
And hungry ass. Yep. Yep. So <laughs> sorry. You're struggling. Here. Yeah, you're making me laugh too much. Hey, it's just one of the drawbacks of being married to me. <laughs> your 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 gut constantly hurts from from the bellow of laughter. And you say I'm not funny. <sighs> sometimes. All the time. No, I mean sometimes you are funny. No, you, all the time you say I'm not. <laughs> but sometimes you are. I'd say seventy percent of the time. I'd say you're like sometimes it kind of seems to sound like it's like a thirty percent thing. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's much higher. It's at least double. I'd say at least seventy percent. All right. So it turns out that Jenny's connection to this diary is what? Yeah. So Tom goes into his one of his many many evil yeah James the James Bond evil diatribe. This was my yeah. plan all along, Mister Bond. So Jenny got the diary. We don't know how Jenny got the diary, but started spilling all her deepest, darkest secrets and pouring her soul out to Tom and thought Tom was her best friend. And he's like, I was nice to her and I listened and I was sympathetic. And That's probably about the the perfect thing for an insecure 11 year old would be a diary that it's not only therapeutic to, to put write, things yeah. into it, but to have it talk back to you. And converse back with you and like comfort you and stuff like, like that. Like agree with you and that's like, show an interest. That's like the perfect gift for an 11-year-old girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that 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 just seems like it would be a wonderful thing to have. Especially for with all... Somebody, somebody who is seemingly as insecure as Jenny. You know, Jenny's going to be somebody that we're going to see grow a lot. Um, not just you get as she gets older... And, um, you know, she, well, I always say she falls in love. She's already fallen in love. <laughs> but, uh, but also she's going to, her personality is going to mature. And she's going to, you know, uh, prove herself in, in many ways in these books. And I think that, but at this point, Jenny really has no confidence. Being the, the youngest Weasley, being the only girl... You know, having these brothers that have gone on and done these great things, having a brother at school right now that is uh, prefect, and even her, you know, knucklehead uh, older twin brothers are on the Quidditch team, and everybody and loves popular. them. And, and then Ron, who's not really, you know, have a lot of accolades. Yet. Accolades, yes. Yeah. But he's best friends with the famous Harry Potter, and he helped save the world yeah, last yeah, year. Yeah, he already helped save the world once. Pretty, so, not bad for your first year. I don't think Jenny's done any of that stuff her first year. Like, he was kind of, she was probably kind of hoping, oh, well, Ron will lower the bar for me. Mm-hmm. This will be a breeze. Nope. Turns out all the Weasleys have heroic traits, whether they knew it or not. <laughs> but Jenny will get her time later on right now she's unfortunately kind of playing the damsel in distress yeah which you know probably doesn't if this book came out in 2018 there would probably be the keyboard warriors <laughs> all over saying what why's the girl gotta be like rescued by the by the boy i'm like well the boy's you know he can't even lift her up so, so yeah <laughs> and he can't even figure out that the guy in front of him is the bad guy so, so the, like you said, boys take a little longer so to if, get there. Exactly. So if, I, if I'm to understand this correctly, 
Tom, who we're finding out pretty quick is not the good person that Harry thought he was. Mm-hmm. About to find out it's a lot deeper, even deeper than that. But Jenny's insecurities that she has been feeding into this diary have actually fed, fed him. Tom Riddle. Kind of like Pennywise the Clown from It. Now you've, ne- you know, you've never, never seen never either, seen no. either one of them, not even the old... Nope. The old one? Nope. So, in that story, the more scared you are, the stronger the monster is. If you're not afraid, then you actually have a chance to you know, to battle it or, or to get away. But if you're scared, like you no doubt would be, then you're basically just going to make the monster stronger. And seemingly, that's what's happened here with Jenny and Tom Riddle. Her insecurities... And the things that are kind of holding her back, she poured her heart out into this diary. And somehow that has made Tom Riddle, who we thought was not too bad of a guy, <laughs> quite a lot stronger. Now, this was, this was one thing that I did, I, you know, of course, did remember. This is kind of a pivotal p- point in the Harry Potter lore. So I, I knew what was coming. Mm-hmm. However, so it was a little frustrating for me, like you said, with Harry being taking so long on the come up, yeah, <laughs> to kind of, to kind of figure it out. But he had Harry had no reason to believe that and that Tom was anything other than he thought he was. And then this is also a stressful situation for Harry. So you know, a basilisk could come out at any moment. So he's probably not thinking super clearly. Yeah, kind of a one track mind. Get out. Get out. Mm-hmm. Get out. Get out. And we're sitting Everything here else is the, just kind of flying over his head. We're sitting here in the plush Rhino Estates reading <laughs> reading these books from the safety of our home. We're not a basilisk in sight. Yes. We're just frustrated with Harry. Yes, yeah, so maybe we should go easy on, on Harry a little bit. Yeah, probably. Well, you, what you were saying, I want to go back to that. You said she was pouring her heart into this diary. Um, I think also they were saying she was pouring her, her heart and soul into mm-hmm. it. And so then part of his, that, because... She put so much of her soul into the book. He could put a little bit of his mm. back into her. And that's how he was controlling right. her. She didn't know she was doing all these things, these bad things. I guess we haven't even talked about that. No, we haven't. It was to the point <clears throat> where Tom Riddle was able to gain a modicum of control over Jenny. And almost had her like sleepwalking around Hogwarts doing bad things bad things and she would get little clues that she was that she had you know almost like a sleepwalking effect mm-hmm. uh you know like somebody who's in invited in too much of the uh the alcoholic beverages <laughs> kind of wakes up the next day like what did i do there's this receipt from this place and i've <laughs> got a bruise and, over here and, and, and you're trying to you're trying to piece it all together but it was to the point where Jenny was the one who killed the roosters. Killed the roosters. Because we know that the rooster's crow is fatal, to, fatal the to the basilisk. Jenny was the one who painted the messages on the walls because she found what she thought was paint on the front of her robe. There had been all of the, uh, Tom Riddle had kind of been the puppet master, literally. Yeah. You and know. he used her to open the chamber. I mean, right. technically, Jenny, who's not the heir of Slytherin, Open the chamber, but only because 
Tom was using her to do Because Force Ghosts can't grab handles. No, definitely not. They can raise ships up, but... And talk from beyond the grave, but they can't can't choke a uh, a rooster. Nope, nope. <laughs> you need a poor little eleven year old girl to do your dirty work for you. How dare you? So you, I want to go back real quick to something you mentioned before. Jenny found the diary first. Yes. And then later on, she realizes that something's not right with it. Yeah, it it took her quite a while, but she started the realizing. The mentions that oh, the stupid girl. It yeah. took her forever to figure it out. She was confiding in her friend about mm-hmm. all the things that were scaring her, and not thinking that that's what was causing it. Mm-hmm. But eventually, she did kind of figure it out, or at least grow suspicious enough to say, "I need to stop." And she tried to flush the journal down Moaning Myrtle's toilet, mm-hmm. back in the bathroom again. Um, and then that's when it overflowed and Harry found it and right. Myrtle was crying and cause somebody threw a book at her and I know we, we try to keep it PG here on the, on the show, but, and I don't know if this is, is going to cross the PG lines, but it kind of seemed to me like the, the diary was almost like a drug and that as you, as you confide more into it. You probably it and it makes you feel good for a little while, but then you need to do it more mm-hmm. because the little bit that you did before is not enough, and then you you do it more and more, and it was probably feeling that way because every time Jenny was feeding into this diary, Tom was getting stronger and she was getting weaker. He was gaining more control over her and she was gaining less control over herself so she probably went back to the diary even more because she was probably feeling bad and feeling insecure and and all these things that were already inside of her were probably kind of overflowing at this point well and the other side of that is you know she probably was spending less time with real people Mm mm-hmm you know, if she had Becoming this, more detached this best humanity. friend who understood her, who she could tell anything to. Now, there's a bunch of kids at school, but, you know, they're new friends and mm-hmm. you can't tell them anything. Not right off the bat. So she wasn't building those relationships with other people because mm-hmm. she had it here. And, and there was no, she didn't think there was any risks involved here. Whereas if she told an a actual classmate her concerns or her fears or even that she has a crush on the famous Harry Potter, then that could get around school and mm-hmm. cause backlash. Somebody could make fun of her, laugh at her, whatever. Her brothers could find out and then make fun of her even more. And, you know, it was, to her, it was safer to confide in this not real friend. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you, because Percy's mentioned in this book, in this chapter too, and we've talked in the last few episodes about how Percy's been acting really weird the last several months. So was Percy, Percy suspected something was going on with Jenny, right? Because he mentioned like that she was pale and that she was acting strange. And we found Percy like lurking around in different parts of Hogwarts that he, you wouldn't normally have found him in. Was Percy like investigating this independently the whole time? No, I know why Percy was lurking around, and okay, you'll find we're gonna, out. We'll find out eventually. Um, There's I think only one more chapter. Just, you told me like before we started recording. You're like, you'll find out later, and now you're telling me you'll find out later. 
because I, I asked you, uh, what did I asked you before? Think we of all the big re- things you found out in this chapter. Before we started recording, I asked you something about, oh, I asked you about, uh, where, where, I know where Harry found the diary. It was where in the did, flooded bathroom. Where did Jenny find the diaries? You'll, you'll find, find out, out later. There's one chapter left, Jessica. Yeah? You're going to find out all kinds of things. Okay. Um, what was the other half of the question? Oh, Percy being attentive to i think that's just a big brother thing and Mm -hmm. the you know you look pale are you doing okay mom's probably saying keep an eye on jenny keep an eye on jenny percy let me know how she's doing i think that part was just big brother okay so he wasn't the creepy big brother actual big brother so he wasn't doing like a independent investigation of you know as as the prefect it's no Percy's up to something else okay i kind of thought while we were reading this that Percy was acting weird because he was being manipulated the whole time. That was kind of my thought that, oh, Percy seems really weird, really withdrawn. He's in weird parts of the of the castle. I thought that maybe Percy was being... that Because that's kind of like an ongoing theme in these books. The evil wizards, you know, manipulating the the weaker ones. Uh, you know, planning thoughts in their head, actually. In this book, we actually had, you know, basically kind of taking the uh, 11-year-old girl's body around and doing bad things. Uh, we had the professor in the first book who had Voldemort living in his head in his turban. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's kind of a theme. So I thought that Percy was kind of going to end up being the one being manipulated this whole time. I, I figured somebody was. Turns out it was Jenny. It was Jenny. We found out in this chapter. We also found out that Tom Riddle framed Hagrid all those years ago. Yeah, Harry Harry picked that one up. Mm-hmm. He did catch on to something. But yeah, he's like, you framed Hagrid. And that wasn't even real. And, and of course, Tom just laughs about it. And we also find out that Dumbledore was uh, Professor... Was he the Professor of... Transfiguration. Transfiguration. Woohoo. Yeah. I love Transfiguration. Trans- I, we used to play a baseball against Transfiguration in the Catholic Youth, Youth Council League when I was little. Oh. Yeah, we won the Transfiguration tournament one year. What? So, I have a Transfiguration trophy around here somewhere. What? I want to see that. We need to put that on the shelf. <laughs> I do. Got a little baseball guy on it. I don't. And then he turns into like a cat? I, is there maybe, a cat on there I too, know. or I don't know, or a bat? Oh, that would be kind of cool. It's a baseball guy well, he's, he's holding, holding a, bat, a bat, turns into a bat. Yeah, sitting on a bat. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah, Transfiguration Tournament was one that like we tried a couple years, like in fourth and fifth grade, never could win, and then sixth grade we finally won it. Yes. So I have a, a trophy for my Transfiguration <laughs> skills. How did I not know this about you? I don't know. I guess I just never like put it together. I also have one from the uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe tournament. I don't know if that's uh, going to come up later in, nah, in, the, in the book. Find that nearly as interesting. But Dumbledore always suspected that Tom was not the perfect or prefect Aww. that he uh, everybody claimed, and he was like head boy. Too, I think yeah. at the time and everybody was kind of like the star, star suit, student the one who like overcame you know muggle poverty and and everything to become like the star student at Hogwarts but he was really had nefarious plans 
To say the least. And Dumbledore really was the only one who kind of thought that and would, you know, keep an eye on yeah, on Tom to the point where he couldn't do some of the nefarious things he wanted to do until 50 years later as a force ghost. <laughs> it's a force ghost. Yeah, it said um, that Dumbledore never believed that Hagrid did it and that Dumbledore convinced the current, that then current headmaster to keep him on and train him as games, gamekeeper, and then that he kept a very close eye on Tom. So, yeah, like you said, Tom couldn't do the evil plotting that he wanted to do although he was still doing a little bit because Mm -hmm. and i i kind of forgot about this um in the chapter you know harry says well you failed you know didn't work all the people nobody died this time and and all the people that were petrified are going to be awake later this this evening in a few hours or whatever he said but Tom was like, I don't care about that anymore. I just want to talk to you. You haven't figured it out like yet? And there was another part before we get to the big reveal. I kind of felt dumb, and I told you this before we started recording, that Tom calls Harry a half-blood. And I guess I didn't understand what fully what half-blood meant. I thought, I, I knew that there was some students that were born from muggle parents. Like, both parents were muggles. Mm-hmm. And they could have wizarding abilities Mm -hmm. and that would be like Hermione right yes and then I thought a half-blood was maybe like one of the parents was a wizard or a witch and then the other one was a muggle but apparently a half-blood could even be like Harry even though both of his parents were a wizard and a, a witch they weren't wizards and witches down the entire family tree line of both families right his dad was. His dad was considered from a, a pure blood family, mm-hmm. but his mom was muggle born. Okay, completely so, muggle born. So even though so like both, even though both of his parents are magical, if you have any kind of non-magical family members down the line, you're considered a half blood. I don't like just the term half blood doesn't really fit. Harry very well. I would consider him more like the Mudbloods, or his, they say his Mudblood mother. Yeah. How, you know, but yeah. I mean, he's not full wizard because his mom's like more the half. He's like 13, 16. <laughs> I don't think they have a term for that, so they just use half blood. Like, I'm like 1 16th Indian. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But I guess I would. So I can't call myself a half blood. No. Yeah, I just. <laughs> I don't know. I don't we like... don't know what the ratio is. We'll have an intern look up what his rate. I don't like the way Harry's the term is used in this is. chapter, but the point was that Tom was trying to make was that they were very similar. They were both orphans. They were both raised by muggles. They were both not pure-blooded wizards. And he even says we even look a little bit alike with our black hair. And sure, he was just saying how similar they were. So he was trying to figure out how Harry, as a baby, and then again last year, defeated Lord Voldemort who is the greatest wizard to ever live. But Jessica, how would Tom even know about Lord Voldemort? Because that was way before. Well, he knows about Harry's involvement with Lord how Voldemort. How do you know that? From Jenny. Mm. Jenny, apparently, her favorite topic of discussion is Harry Potter. Sure. So she was probably like, I really like this boy Harry Potter, but he's so famous. Because, and Tom's like, well, why is he famous? 
because he defeated Lord Voldemort. And he went, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know those little videos on Facebook where they show the two people texting mm -hmm. and you get the type, 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 delete, yeah. delete, delete, delete. Yeah. It's kind of like that. He was like, what? Then he had to delete it. Mm -hmm. And then he had to go, tell me more about that. That sounds interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I got you. So it was like that. He found out most of the details there, but he was interested because he is Lord Voldemort. So if you rearrange the letters in, I forgot what his middle name is. Marvello? Yeah. Tom Marvello Riddle. Riddle. And it, it spells, I am Lord Voldemort. Yeah, I don't really like the I am. I wish it would just spell... Lord Voldemort. Yeah. But it probably would have had like have to have like a real weird name for him or something to make the letters line Cause up. Because Marvello isn't weird enough? Not in uh, the wizarding world. <laughs> I believe uh, we have a Narcissa. Yeah. Sissy. Yeah, coming up. I was like, oh, she's not evil. Narcissa. Like, I'm going to be a, a bad guy. But I don't want anybody to know I'm a bad guy. I'm going to name myself Evilton. Evilton. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm Evilton. Evil for short. Just, just call me Evil. I, I'm, a, I'm a good guy. There's not, nothing, uh, no reason to think that I'm going to cause any trouble. No. In these stories at all. No, definitely not. So Tom Riddle is Lord Voldemort. And Voldemort was a Hogwarts student 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. And we finally found out who the heir of Slytherin really is oh yeah that's the part i was gonna get to earlier it was i kind of forgot that because he says only my closest companions at school knew i was going by that name mm -hmm. and i was just i don't know it just seemed like it was an after school activity <laughs> and once he got out of hogwarts i mean he was he was practicing being evil and yeah. learning the tricks of the trade sure. but i didn't just didn't really picture like the transition he graduates now he's lord voldemort not yeah. Voldemort at school. Yeah. But apparently not. He was operating as Lord Voldemort yeah. at school. Yeah, at Hogwarts. Like behind the scenes, kinda like a like a little extra extra credit club. Yeah. yeah. You know, like an honors club that like an honors group. Started. Sure. Alright. Yeah, I just didn't really think about that until I read it again. I was like, oh. Really? So, so Voldemort is the heir of Slytherin, but he needed a body in order to Yeah. Well, he open a, things for him. A body so. last year too. He always needs a body. What's wrong with this guy? Well, his body blew up. Well, shouldn't have tried to kill a baby. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Don't try to kill babies. That's what happens. Your body won't get blown up. That's a lesson for all you kids out there. Fox the Phoenix shows up. Yeah. I'm guessing at Dumbledore's request. That's what Dumbledore meant when he said that even though he's not here, he'll always. Well, protect Hogwarts. Harry showed great loyalty to mm -hmm. Dumbledore because he was saying Tom was saying that Lord Voldemort was the greatest wizard, and Harry's like, <laughs> "No, hey, to break it to you, mm -hmm. but not really. Don't really. Sorry, not sorry." Um, mirror, mirror on the wall. <laughs> Dumbledore the is the best wizard. What? You even when you were at the height of your power, you were afraid of Dumbledore. Yeah, you always be second best, bro. Yeah, yeah. 
did you do okay with this chapter? Because I know you don't like time travel. No, I and this hate time this travel. wasn't time travel, but it's a bit confusing. I did okay. I was a little bit confused, but I knew I'd have you to to guide me through it, so I was okay. So yeah, so after Harry shows his great loyalty to Dumbledore, Fox shows up and gives him a present. An old sorting hat. Cool, just what we needed Woo! to fight a big, enormous snake monster and the Lord of Evil. The memory of the Lord of Evil. Remember, yeah, the force ghosts of the Lord of Evil. Yeah. So, Tom... Cool, hat. Nice. Tom's an really intimidated by this songbird in an old hat. Mm -hmm. And he laughs at Harry. And this is the part I knew you wouldn't like. I even, like, wrote it down because Tom's like, all right, now we need to get down to business. Twice... In your past and my future. <laughs> He's like, wait, what? So I need to know how. How? And I was kind of annoyed with Harry here. I'm like, because he even realizes they're running out of time. Tom's draining the life out of Jenny. He's starting to be more solid, less fuzzy. And he's like, I got to do something. And what does he do? He just he tells him exactly what he wants to know. Mm -hmm. But he thinks he's not. He's like, nobody knows. Nobody knows how you, how you died. And, or not died, but how I defeated you. And because my mom saved me. And Voldemort was very not, or Tom, was very not impressed with this. Yeah. He's like, oh, is that how? Mm -hmm. It's just a simple charm. Oh. Up, yeah, she oh. sacrificed herself for you. Okay. Yeah, all right. Well, that's not, that's nothing special. It's like, I can overcome that. Yeah, no big deal. That's probably got to feel pretty good for Voldemort then. It's like, oh, that, that's all I got to overcome? Yeah. To, it was just a... That's all I got to worry about? Somebody sacrificed themselves? Okay, I'll just make sure that doesn't happen. Simple little protection charm, no big deal. Yeah, and I'll just, I'll just kill people like uh, with nobody else around <laughs> to sacrifice themselves yeah, for them. Exactly. That's easy. That's an easy fix. And, and not even do it myself, cause he turns around and talks to the big statue, mm -hmm. and of course. opens his mouth, and the basilisk comes out. emerges, and Harry still doesn't have a wand either. No, Tom's got his wand. He's got a phoenix and a hat. So, that's something. That's all you need, apparently. I think I... I mean, Phoenix, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I love the Phoenix. I love Fox. However, uh, the hat, I, I don't see much use for yet. Mm. Yeah. So, what happens next? Um. Well, Harry... This, it gets a little strange in this chapter because he closes his eyes. Of course. And so, we don't really know. And he's just running into stuff. He's and... running into stuff. Things are falling, mm -hmm. banging about. There's a commotion. He can hear Tom talking, kill him, and and there's just a big commotion. We don't really know what's going on. But the basilisk doesn't go after the blind Harry Potter. <laughs> the cho <laughs> by, cho by choice. Yes, blind, by choice. Because he's so distracted by Fox kind of like, you know, uh, sticking and moving, you know, like... Oh, yeah. uh, Pecking and flying. 
and just harassing him yeah, Harry, endlessly. Harry finally decides to take a peek. He's got to know what's going goes, on. Why am I not dead yet? Yeah, I should <laughs> so be dead. I kind of like, well, what's worse? Dying from looking at the snake or getting eaten by the snake? God, I don't know. I mean, at least the dying when looking at the snakes would be Yeah, Moni Mortal kind of just said, like, I didn't really feel anything. Yeah, it was just yeah. kind of, my body fell down and but my being spirit rose up. chased around blind waiting to be chomped doesn't sound very appealing. Yeah. Eaten and or injected with uh, mega spider venom. <laughs> or mega, mega uh, snake Big venom. venom. So he, he sees this commotion, yeah, he hears this commotion, he wonders why he's not dead, so he takes a peek, and Fox is, like you said, jabbing and pecking and flapping away, and and finally gets a couple of good strikes in. A couple really good strikes in. Yeah. He blinded the, the snake. Popped his eyeballs out. Jeez Louise. Yeah. <laughs> That'll what help. good is a phoenix? Apparently, a lot. Well, that's what, see, I was thinking, oh, yeah, the phoenix has showed up. You know, I'm thinking this phoenix is, like, going to kick some butt. And Tom's like, that's just a songbird. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? You don't know nothing. Apparently, uh, phoenix is pretty good fighters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we talked about his sharp beak and mm-hmm. his long golden talons. and So more than just a songbird. A little bit. I was a little perplexed by that, too, although I guess it's a magical creature. But it said it, the phoenix was the size of a swan with a tail like a peacock mm-hmm. like as long as a peacock tail and then it said it just sat on harry's shoulder and that was fine he can't hardly move little jenny but he can hold this giant well, bird on his pretty, shoulder pretty broad shoulders he's oh he's pretty is that it? pretty muscular no he's got like no big traps and lats and no, we just we just said he wasn't belts and... oh at the beginning of the oh. podcast remember oh okay i was thinking of some, somebody else yeah like The Rock or something? Yeah, join The Rock Johnson. <laughs> he's he's going to play Harry in the in the reboot. I'd, I'd watch that. In uh, Harry, <laughs> Harry Potter and the, uh, the what's the, uh, the play? The play that came out. The Cursed Child? Cursed Child. Yeah, he's going to be older Harry Potter. Oh, okay. okay. Did you ever see the Saturday Night Live one where Hugh Jackman played a Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure <laughs> and he, I saw he it. He comes out with like the Harry Potter glasses on. He's like <laughs> six four and like, you know, jacked up and <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I'd still watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's totally sidetracked me now. Well the it's a little it's a little more things are a little more fair now, I would say, that now that the would you though? That the snake can't, he can't just look at you and beat you. Now he's got to physically come over and eat you. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. So at least Harry can open his eyes now and the, and can't and can see and can the giant see. teeth coming so towards him. It's a little more fair. Things are a little more I, fair. I, I disagree. But Harry still doesn't have a weapon. I feel of any like kind. he still is just so terrified he's going to close his eyes anyway. No, not Harry. <laughs> So Tom yells at the snake to to quit messing with the bird and just kill Harry already. Just get it over with. And so now Fox flies off and gets the hat and -hmm. gives it to Harry. Or no, does he get the hat? No. The basilisk kicks, like, no, kick because it's his tail. Swipes it over to him. Convenient. Convenient, yeah. Convenient. Well, Well, Harry is mumbling, help me, help me, somebody, help me. 
As he's cowering on the floor. Well, he's kind of, I think he's kind of thinking like, why would this hat be here if not for a reason? And then he puts it on, right? Yeah. Like, all right. Well, he says, help me, help me, somebody help me. And then the snake actually helps him and flips mm-hmm. the hat to him. Oh. Did you catch that? That's so the, maybe He's he saying, was... help me, help me, somebody help me. And then the snake helps him. Oh. And not intentionally. Kind of like an in, some unintentional parcel tongue there. I don't know. I think, I think somebody else is hovering around. Oh. I thought maybe, you know, the snake was like, well, I got to do what this kid tell, tells me to do. Because <laughs> he knows how to... He knows how to talk to snakes. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I'm kicking this thing to you, this hat to you, yeah. but... There Harry, you go. Here's the hat. And Harry puts it on, and a uh, He-Man Grayskull, <laughs> Castle Grayskull sword... <laughs> Nearly knocks him out. out. him out. I'm like, that's not helpful. Now he's concussed. But he's got a sword. Yeah. He can look at the snake. Now is he's this, got a sword. Is this the sword of Gryffindor? And he's concussed. Okay. Yes. So this is a scene that I, I remember very clearly from the movies. The very cool scene of Harry running the uh, basilisk through the snout with the sword. I was a little less impressed reading it this time because the snake's blindly chomping at him mm-hmm. and then harry just kind of like sticks the sword up and closes his eyes yeah it's very much more heroic in the movie, <laughs> in the movie. yeah and and the snake just kind of runs into the sword uh-huh. um unfortunately that yeah the snake just runs into the sword pierces through the top of his mouth and i'm guessing straight into its brain mm-hmm. and kills it but unfortunately Harry gets a little... I, I wanted to write bit. He gets bit, but Harry, he just gets, like, poked. Harry caught a fang. Yeah, caught a fang. <laughs> so, um, Harry, it just looks like despite all his efforts, he is going to... Tom Riddle is still going to get the last laugh. And, ha, ha, ha. And Tom slash Voldemort kind of alludes to that, that doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You're going to die you're anyway. Take your time. I'll just... I, I, I'll wait. Look, just even your, your phoenix knows you're you're going to die. It's crying. Oh, poor little And Harry's like, if this is dying, it's, it's not so bad. Yeah. I'm actually... I'm feeling better. <laughs> I feel pretty good. <laughs> I was thinking about going for a walk. Bring out your dead. Here's one. No, I'm I'm not dead. What? Nothing. Here's your ninepence. I'm not dead. Here. He says he's not dead. Yes, he is. I'm not. He isn't? Well, he will be soon. He's very ill. I'm getting better. No, you're not. You'll be stone dead in a moment. Oh, I can't take him like that. It's against regulations. I don't want to go on the car. Oh, don't be such a baby. I can't take him. I feel fine. Well, do us a favour. I can't. Well, can you hang around a couple of minutes? He won't be long. No, I've got to go to Robinson's. I've lost nine today. Well, when's your next run? Thursday. You think I'll go for a walk? You're not fooling anyone, you know. Look. Um, so yeah, he looks down. Well, he pulled the 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 fang out. The fang mm. broke off yeah. when it bit him. Yeah. So or stuck in him, and so he pulled it out, and the fox was crying, and he looks down, and his sore is all gone. And then we got a little callback because we found out in earlier chapters that I don't remember where we found out. Was it when? Was it in one of the? the diary memories that Harry sees the phoenix. No, it was when Harry got called into the principal's office. Mm-hmm. And the phoenix, hey. like, is 
looks like it's like all its feathers are falling out yeah. and then it bursts into flames right oh my I, I did that i did that i'm in so <laughs> I'm much sorry. trouble oh my gosh i just made your bird catch on fire but then dumbledore explains that no this is and he gives this, us like a brief synopsis of everything a little mm-hmm. rundown checklist yet when we were reading that chapter i was like why did we have to do this what was the point of that scene until we get to that checklist and i was like oh that's why we went there so we everything's planned so out. we could get that information jk rollins got everything every, everything you think is not important it, it's yeah, important it's like, this seems like a pointless scene that he had to go to dumbledore's office for dumbledore to say i know you didn't do it it's fine mm-hmm Go about your business. And yeah. I was like, why did we have to do this scene then? He's a genius. Oh, He's got everything yeah. planned out. Got everything planned out years in advance, too, <laughs> I'm sure. So the Phoenix te- Tears heal Harry. And not only does does the uh, fang that Harry caught in his arm uh, get pulled out, but it's not it's not done being useful. No. Um, yeah, so Tom's hovering over him with harry's wand and he's mm-hmm. like all right well we'll just do this the old-fashioned way mm-hmm. um this time that was when fox grabbed some grabbed something and dropped it in harry's lap and it was the diary yep and we used the basilisk fang now how would harry know to you see that gets a little fuzzy to do because harry takes the basilisk fang and like stabs the book yeah with and it says that he didn't he didn't even think about it. Mm-hmm. He just did it. Like, he knew that's what he was going to do. Like, I would have taken that sword and just, like, chopped that book up in, like, <laughs> a million pieces. Which probably still would have worked. Maybe. Because of something we know that we find out later. But he uses the basilisk fang and stabs the book, and all the ink comes pouring out. Makes a big mess. Big mess. Really big mess. Ink. And, ugh. Mm-hmm. But They're probably going to need to take his robe to the magical dry cleaners. <sighs> I think you're just going to get rid of these robes. That we mentioned they're pretty about nasty. every four or five episodes and you disagree. Yeah, there's no there's magical dry cleaners. Magical dry cleaners. That's nope, where you get nope, your robes. Nope. That's where you get your robes clean. Nope. Yep. That's not not how it works. Okay. And these ones are just trash because okay. they've been through the sewer. I guess we'll just agree to disagree. Uh-huh. So anyway, he stabs the book. The ink comes spewing out and Tom starts screeching and squealing and disappears. See you. Jenny's reunited with Ron. Turns out Gilderoy hexed himself with a memory charm. With Ron's wand, it <laughs> backfired, and so now he has no idea who he is. So, so when this happened, we didn't know it at the time that Gilderoy had. We had, didn't know. Well, I didn't know that he had erased <laughs> his own memory. So when that happened. And Ron was trapped on the other side of the rocks and is just kicking him. G- Gilderoy no idea. just thinks that some stranger is just kicking him for no reason. Yes. What could I have possibly done to you? Yeah, no idea. And then I, I, there, I, I just want to know what the conversation was between Gilderoy and Ron while Harry was gone. Because we heard Gilderoy go, ow. <laughs> when he's getting kicked <laughs> so he's not totally passed out yeah i'm guessing he came to at some point and he was probably trying to convince ron that he had no idea who he was or what he was doing and ron probably didn't and believe ron probably him just kept kicking him for the longest time <laughs> didn't believe him why are you kicking me stranger i don't know why you would do that but uh fox flies them out mm-hmm. which was i thought was 
they kind of alluded to how is this bird that's not that big going to be able to pick us all up? But what are, what are we? Oh, it's on the cover. It's on the cover. Fox, Harry, Jenny, Ron. I didn't even realize it. They're all holding on to Fox and he's flying oh, them out. Oh, I didn't even realize it. And he's got the sword. And he's got the sword. <laughs> Tucked into his belt. And there's all the snakes and the pillars and the Chamber of Secrets. Spoiler alert. Right so on the much cover. going on on the cover. If I wasn't so moronic, I would have <laughs> <laughs> known there were some spoilers there. But Fox flies them out and they're heading to McGonagall's office. So I guess tell her everything that happened. Yeah. And say, hey, I don't know what you want us to do with Lockhart. Yeah. <laughs> Either. He doesn't I, you know have who to he deal is. with him, and and that's pretty much all. That's where they leave us, mm -hmm. right at, the, at her door. One chapter left. Yep. And looks like the uh, Harry and Ron have saved the day once again. Once again, well, mostly Harry and Box. Well, I mean. Ron, Ron, like I said, gets underestimated again. He's my underrated character. That's because you about think you're our... Ron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm underrated. I don't think I'm that great. I'm not the star. I'm not the hero. But I'm a good friend, and I'm a little underrated, I think. I just want to be rated. I don't want you're to good be... at carrying things. That's, yeah, you said that the other day. That's all I was good at. That's not what I things. said. Um, My mother needed help carrying things. Yeah, and I yeah, said, yeah, yeah, Dan's yeah. good at carrying things. Mm -hmm. Last time we had an email that we didn't get to. I'm yes. going to get to it here, and then we'll wrap up this You're giving episode. me no pre-warning on this. I have uh, no idea what this email is about. Good. I want a genuine response. All right. Uh, this is from Donna in Montpelier, Vermont. Hi, Donna. Donna writes, I'm currently reading the books to my daughter, and she had an interesting question. Why is Harry terrified that he may have some connection to Salazar Slytherin? If Slytherin was so bad, why is there a house named in his honor? Well, he's one of the founding fathers, mm -hmm. founder, mm -hmm. one of the founders of mm -hmm. the school. So, you know, and he wasn't... Bad. I don't think he showed all his cards right away. Mm -hmm. He wasn't bad right away, but he did have some strong beliefs. They weren't the same as the other founders, but that's why they each had their own house. Mm -hmm. They could kind of have their own kind of Checks their and own balances. school within the school yeah. kind of thing. And so it doesn't really. We don't really find out what happened to him, but obviously he kind of left in a huff if he felt he had to have a chamber of secrets with a monster in it and. Someday my heir will come back and get you. But I don't think the other heads of the houses thought that they needed to like erase all the mm -hmm. Slytherin house from the school as part of the school. And like we always say, not all Slytherins are bad. Mm -hmm. So they left it in. That could have done more harm than good if you would have kind of retconned the Slytherin from from Hogwarts because then you're probably they would have like started their own private school yeah it, it's just kind of would have, <laughs> it probably would have done more bad. more bad than good to, to kind of bury it mm -hmm. because then you know it may have the 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 evil sector of Slytherin 
of the, the Slytherin house may have, you know, that would have may have made them even stronger. You know, the fact that they were being held down and, you know, persecuted for, for their beliefs. Mm-hmm. But not all Slytherin, it's not just, a, it's not a house of evil kids, you know, there's some evil kids in, in that house, sure, but it's not a house of, yeah, of just, evil children. They're ambitious. They mm-hmm. want to succeed. Some of them are better at it than others, and some have to resort to evil ways in order to be, to achieve their goals. And it's history, too. You know, we talk about, you know, some of the things in, in our history in America that we don't look back so fondly on but it's history mm-hmm. you know and it, you can't just bury bad stuff and you can't just bury uh things just because people disagree with you yeah you know we can't just say okay well you disagree with with us you know salazar you're not a part of this anymore you know if if you do that i think you're you're kind of opening a you know a can of worms that you might not want. Well, it's just like there's a big theme about prejudice in this book, but like you're saying, if if you say, oh well, we're not gonna have Slytherin in here anymore. You can't come to our school because you don't like Muggleborns. Mm-hmm. You're basically then discriminating against that because because you don't like Muggleborns, we don't like you, mm-hmm. and you can't come here. And it's just that's two wrongs. And it's almost kind of like, thing. you know, if you talk about like World War II, like over in Germany, like they don't teach about what, like the the atrocities that happened over there during the war. You know, it's like they kind of like sweep it under the rug. And I think that's, I think that's dangerous to do that. I think if you don't, you know, it's the old adage about, you know, if you don't learn from history, you know, you're doomed, doomed to, to repeat it. it. I think it's I think it's important, you know, I don't think that should be celebrated, but you know, it's it's kind of like the uh the Confederate the Confederate statues um that the last few years have been getting taken down and not to say that they should be there, but we should remember what led to those happening. We should remember the series of events that led to that you know the the civil war where more americans died than in any other war because if if we don't remember that then you know we're going to make the same mistakes you know somewhere down the line and if we can keep the the slytherin you know house and uh if we could have that as a an option for kids to get sorted into i think that that's would be good in the long run because it you're not burying things that happened in the past. You're still remembering things that happened and you're still, you know, honoring good Slytherins, you know, mm-hmm. Slytherins that did great things. That would be, you know, a big mistake and not fair, you know, to remember that. So it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a tr- uh, tricky uh, line to walk. And like you're saying about not teaching it or sweeping it under the rug, if the Slytherins weren't, there in school other kids wouldn't get exposed to it at Mm -hmm. all Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like its own history lesson right there just having to deal and be in class with kids who have different Mm -hmm. beliefs yeah and it causes problems sometimes 
but but that's life yeah you know <laughs> life, life's I not, think it's better easy. to know that there are people like that out mm-hmm. there that have those beliefs than mm-hmm. to think and then to, exist. and then to also know that you know not all Slytherins are are bad too yeah. you know you'll see see people at school that are are Slytherin and they're probably gonna end up being really do doing really great things so it's it's important to be exposed to to all kinds to of people. To both sides of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that you know get the you know things that I went through in in school, you know, probably made me a better person. You know, the bullying and things like that, because you need to know that there's good people and bad people everywhere. You need to know that these things are out in the world so that you can, you know, prepare for it later on. And I think that's made me a better teacher too. Being able to, you know, go into a school that was, you know, 90% African American and going to school that was 90% white too, you know, being able, being exposed to to that atmosphere, you know, just to see, you know, be put in different situations to to see how you react to it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's a, it's definitely a a positive thing that the Slytherin name and the Slytherin house is not forgotten and that it it lives on because you know think about where the where would those Slytherin students be if they weren't if they didn't have that house you know that house to be in their creepy private school causing all (laughs) kinds of evil debauchery that uh that you know that that house specifically fits their personality and they would either be sorted into a, a different house or like you said they'd go do their own thing without the guidance of these you know you have that's the great thing about hogwarts too is you have professors that are all different houses too Mm -hmm. you don't just take classes taught by slytherins you don't just take classes taught taught by gryffindors you get exposed to a little bit of everything Everything. and i think that's that's like college too you know you get like the the hippy dippy like uh flower power professor <laughs> and then you get the uh i had a professor in college that uh looked like the emperor from star wars nice. <laughs> and she was not pleasant at all well i think it'll also kind of it's because it's like the true blood families that are like hardcore true bloods yay but by sending their kids to school with other mm-hmm. kids you're kind of diluting that prejudice yeah I mean, not for it doesn't work for every no. body, but it's got to work for some. Mm-hmm. And every li- generation, if we can get a little bit less mm-hmm. prejudice in there. If you live in a bubble, then you're only going to be exposed to the things and the thoughts that are in that bubble. Whereas if they were going to their creepy private school, mm-hmm. it would only be getting worse. Yep. It would be, they'd have like pictures of dead mud bloods on their walls and mm-hmm. stuff. I agree. Which throwing probably ma- isn't allowed throwing magical da- Throwing magical darts at them. <laughs> But the other half of the question was, Harry, why does he have this feel like he has this connection? Well, why is he terrified that he may have some connection to? Well, kind of know that he does, but he is afraid for several reasons. You know, he's he was almost sorted into Slytherin. The hat almost put him into Slytherin. He asked not to be in Slytherin. But he had some kind of prejudice going in too. Yeah. Well, he his first Slytherin he met was Draco. Malfoy. Yeah. And just meeting ron and them on the train mm-hmm. i think he gets told you know there's a wizard who didn't go bad that wasn't from slytherin mm-hmm. 
And he's just going into this world going, oh my god, I just want to be a good wizard. I don't want to mess anything up. So that's probably why he's so terrified. He was he had these preconceived notions, like kind of, you know, he's he was basically a blank slate, mm-hmm. not knowing anything about the wizarding world. And he world. picked up on other people's mm-hmm. prejudices against which Slytherin, which then Malfoy walked up and proved to yeah. correct. <laughs> <sighs> and then, you know... The hat tried to put him there, and then the whole parcel mouth thing. He's got several things pointing him in that direction, like he should have been in Slytherin. And he just really doesn't want to be a part of that. He doesn't want to be seen that way. Sure. Anything else you want to say about Chapter 17? Nope, I think we covered it. All right, I think we're going to get out of here then. And next time you talk to us, we will be on the final chapter of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Mm-hmm. And Last I, chapter and I believe and movie. That means we get to watch the movie and do yep. a little time traveling. Time travel. Like we did in at the end of uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. So this was chapter 17, The Heir of Slytherin. We found out a lot in this chapter, and hopefully you enjoyed going through this journey with us as we bombarded you with information of Harry Potter lore and all things connected to the wizarding world. So until next time. I am Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. Thanks for listening to Broomsticks and Butterbeer, and we will see you then. Bye. Those fingers in my hair That sly come hither stare That strips my conscience bare It's witchcraft And I've got no defense for it